One, two. Okay, hi, welcome to Rocks Where It Sucks. My name is Carl Q, and you may know me from my various music projects, Museum Mouth, Gay Meat, or my slight involvement with the band Say Anything. Hello, this is Becca High, and um, just just so you know, I floss my teeth every night. I think it's important, um, and I'm just, you know, using this to brag a little bit about how I floss every night. Okay, you and Nick O'Reilly, <laughs> night flossers. Really? And you, yeah, and y'all think you're better than everyone else. Mm. Noted. <coughs> and today's super exciting because, oh my god, hold on, let me get some choking out of the way. <coughs> today's super exciting because we took two weeks off from the pod, um, as you may or may not know, but our last ep was um, reviewing an album by the band Pomegranates, and today we're actually joined by Joey Joseph of the band Pomegranates. Hi, Joey. How the fuck are you? Hello. I'm so good. It's great to be here. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Awesome. Um, so... For listeners that may not know, um, Joey, you I know the band is, is seemingly inactive at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. What are you doing in terms of music with your own self now? Uh, I'm working on a lot. I'm like currently finishing up. Um, I, I recently finished the album. So I'm, I'm about to put out an album on August 27th called Night Vibes. And it's kind of a Walker Brothers, uh, you know, David Bowie, like Diamond Dogs kind of feel. Um, okay. And then uh, I recently finished the album that will come out after that. And I'm also kind of finishing up a double album that will come out after that. So staying busy. You literally, <laughs> you're very prolific. Shout the fuck out. Well, that's that's awesome. What else would I do, you know? I, you know, that's, that's tea. I find a million things to occupy my time that are not music. And then I'm like, wow, I should really like record a fucking song. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you record all oh. your own music as well, right? Yes, I was going to ask, so in our last ep, Becca uncovered that someone from the band runs a studio. Is that you? Uh, actually, the uh, the original three of us do. We all have, there are three different studios, yeah. Mine is just a spot in my house. And then uh, Jake, the drummer from Pomegranates, has a studio called Sabbath Recording um, that our friend Matt uh, Latchaw works at with him. They're both amazing. And then Isaac, the other singer, the, the uh, lower voice, uh was uh he also has a studio called marble garden um and they're they're both in like spaces that are not where they live uh and and they're nice they have a lot of gear and stuff and mine is kind of a in the in the basement of our house here and uh no that's that's amazing that's so sick a bunch of audiophiles in in your little musical world yeah totally that's awesome. Yeah. So have you, I just, I feel like I, we could banter forever before we actually dig into this record, <laughs> which we haven't even made known what it is yet. But um, I, did you, were any of the Pomegranates records like self-recorded? Um, we did a, uh, a a few EPs. So the, the album that you all talked about in the last episode, we recorded at Sound of Music in Richmond, Virginia, which uh, I know they did a Daniel Johnson record there and um, some Sparkle Horse stuff. And um, I think Uncle Cracker, is that the name of the band? <laughs> that is the name of a man, yes. Yeah, okay, so uh, follow me and everything is all right. <laughs> awesome. That's yeah, so ribs. I, I can't, and, and then it's Cracker, a, like a DJ kind of person. 
Oh God. That is going over my head. Okay, so I can't remember if it was Cracker or Uncle Cracker that also, but anyway, they're a great studio and and uh, yeah, they did really great stuff. So Pomegranates did our first album and uh, two, three, four, the fourth album, Heaven, at that studio. Okay, second, I, okay, so. Sorry. No, 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 please, I hate to interrupt. I was just gonna say, oh. I feel like Becca and I were such avid fans that I remember watching like, the content trickle in about you guys recording heaven oh cool which is cool Cool. it's cool to like think that like now i have like a place for those vids in my mind like oh they were recorded in richmond yeah yeah that's awesome yeah cool and then the second album we did do at somebody's house but it wasn't our house um it was this person uh stephen loki howell it's kind of like an emo like singer songwriter guy super super nice really talented uh yeah and then the third album we did at a studio in Cincinnati called uh, The Monastery with Richard Inski, who is kind of a legendary guitar guy, played with uh, that band Over the Rhine from Cincinnati for years and uh, does his own stuff, I think, under the name Monk. Um, so that's the... But, oh, so, okay, sorry. So, super long-winded. Uh, <laughs> the, um, Don't apologize. Pomegranates did do three EPs. Um, uh, Chestnut Attic, In Your Face Thieves... And um, Balcony Sunset, I think is what we called those, that uh, we recorded at our friend's house, Caleb Grow, who uh, releases music as Caleb Grow, and he's incredible and such a sweet, just one of the best people I know. I love him so much. Um, so those were like the like self-recorded things we did, those EPs. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I'm Super like, I'm always answer. just so... No, no, no. I am addicted to getting to pry this information out of your skull because, again, I know, speaking solely for myself, I have been a fan of your music for a really long time. And really it was like nice. a very, it was a very formative time in my life when I was like a little younger and like just looked up to you all and what you were doing so much. Oh, like, geez. I'm just geeked. I'm geeked <laughs> to be like in your brain with a shovel being like, all right, give me all this information. That's so nice. I really appreciate that. <laughs> of course, freak. Absolutely. Um <laughs> Okay, um, Becca, do you have any questions for our beautiful captive audience before we start? Emma, no. (laughs) Amazing. All right, well, so the three of us are gathered here on Zoom today to um, discuss and dissect a little album called The Sunlandic Twins by a band called Of Montreal. Um, This is the band's seventh album. Which is crazy. (laughs) I did not know that. I did not know that until today. Um, definitely the first one by this band I really got into. Um, and then I went back and did Satanic Panic. And then I... Or is that right before this? No. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It, it is. Okay, so I did that one. And then I was really excited for Hissing Fauna. And Hissing Fauna is sort of like the peak for me specifically with this band. I jumped off after that. But um, I just remember like being gagged by hissing fauna being like wow name a better record i don't think you can yeah um but uh, that's not to say i don't have reverence for this record and i am excited to talk about <laughs> it so becca what was life like for you when you discovered the sunlanded twins mm, good question um <laughs> 2005 i was way too young and i'm gonna guess that it was through graham i think i have the memory of being introduced to of Montreal as he's playing it in his car driving me to school probably so as always as is with most of 
what was life like and how <laughs> did you get introduced to this band? It helps to have an indie rock older brother, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Just in general. Yeah. Okay, Joey, what was life like for you when you discovered the Sunlandic Twins? Um, yeah, I had just moved to Cincinnati, and uh, I didn't have... Um, I was, like, just making friends uh, in, the, in the town. And um, my friend uh, Evan Roberts uh, turned me on, kind of, like, all at the same time, turned me on to, like, the microphones and, like, Mount Erie, which was a really like formative, like huge deal for me musically and like recording wise. And at the same time showed me Sunlandic Twins. And this would have been maybe 2006, like, yeah, right after this came out. So yeah, and it was huge for me. I mean, it, it sounds like a cartoon <laughs> band, you know? It really, I, I was truly <laughs> gonna say, it's like getting introduced to like Phil and Kevin Barnes at like the same time. It's like the two opposite ends of indie rock. Yeah, right, totally. Yeah, just even even in how they present themselves, it's like Phil is like so dressed down, playing clothes, like emo uh-huh. songs. Kevin Barnes is like fanfare, <laughs> literally the overness of it all. Right, right. <clears throat> wow. Okay, sickening. So Becca, I did a little bit of research myself into the critical reception of this record, and I was gagged by the Pitchfork score. I know they're pretty harsh. Also, just speaking to. In, in case our listeners don't know, they're from Athens, and I have been reminded of that a lot since moving to Atlanta and making friends with people who went to school in Athens and then talking about seeing Kevin Barnes around town all the time. And, like, <laughs> wow. that is, like, a lot of, you know, there's the... Athens is, like, the music hub where a lot of big bands come out of, and of Montreal is one of those, and... Um, which is crazy because when you listen to it, you're like, they are definitely European, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Or Canadian. (laughs) Or just literally anything other than from Georgia, period. Right, yeah. um, (laughs) That is really, really funny. I think this band has played a really interesting role in my friend group over time. Um, It's funny because, like, I obviously got into this record closer to when it was first released, but I making music in like a small scene, like a lot of the kids that would come to shows, you start to befriend them and hang out with them. And it's funny how I have like one friend in specifics named Mad who like their journey through like becoming queer was like very rooted around like seeing of Montreal live and like going Hmm. back into these records and like watching a lot of like those clips and then seeing them on later tours for albums after, you know, this kind of sweet spot that I cared. And I think that that's like cool that it kind of, you know, it perseveres into like other generations of kids, mm. which is just exciting. I love that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, shall we dig into the track listing? Did I'm sorry, I like interrupted you when you went into the pitchfork thing. Did you say <laughs> what the score they got? It's six point one. Is that right? Six point four. Six point four. Oh. That's so low. Yeah, they were like they were just. The writer was just constantly comparing it to uh, the album before and just saying, like, basically just pointing out that it's not as good as the album before, which is oh. kind of annoying. So, what a, yeah. what a I mean, it, lazy way to review an album, too. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would fly now. I don't think they really do that. This was still kind of in that era where, like, the attitude of the review dictated the number. Mm. But. Yeah, that's so, so whack. Um, <laughs> I did read, um, I think there's a little section on the, well, I, well, I'll wait until we get to the tracks. Okay, do we, shall we? 
let's do it let's 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 okay so the album opens with a little song called requiem for omm2 uh, becca how do you feel about miss requiem uh i love it i uh, <laughs> it is one of the songs on this album that i distinctly remember some of these i'm like i don't remember hearing these ever but this one stands out um I think the lyrics are great, which in the Pitchfork review, or some, maybe it was another review I read, I don't know, but they were talking about how like the lyrics don't make any sense. And I'm like, no, I think they do. Some of them are like very out there and use a lot of like SAT vocabulary, I think. (laughs) Um, But like the lyrics are great in this song. It's like, it's so cute. And like the panning of like, I think it's guitar. Like of Montreal does a thing where it's like, you're not really sure what instruments you're hearing because (laughs) it's like the guitar could be like a synth. I don't know, but like the panning of it is really cool. Um, And yeah, we, it's just like that iconic bass tone of this band. Um, Yeah, Joey, what do you think? I yeah I totally agree with you. Uh, listening to it again today, the guitars in particular, the way they're panned and kind of like uh, doing like different like rhythmic things from each other is like such a cool like the song itself is so good that it could just be straight like one guitar, bass, drums, you know, and it would still be really effective. But those like extra things kind of tickling the ears is like. Uh, <laughs> just yeah puts it over the edge i also love it very much and it just is like such a great album opener like it comes out of the gate so strong and the the melody is just fantastic you're like immediately singing along even though i mean i never memorized the lyrics or anything (laughs) i'm not i'm not like a big lyrics guy generally but oh my god okay this is so interesting because i feel like you guys slay lyrics or in the past (laughs) you guys have been a very good lyrics fans that's very uh nice nice (laughs) you're good at what you do joey you're good at what you do um (laughs) that rocks i think this song yeah i totally agree i think the song truly if it was just acoustic guitar and like someone banging on a bongo it would still be just as effective but i think that the the details really do make it so fun and i think that now when i hear a song that has like really radical panning um grimes literally is addicted to this it like distracts me and kind of hurts my ears but i think that's only because i like was so into it in this era of my life Mm. where i was like this is so cool like this is you know the first time putting on like good headphones and be like oh my god it's like freaking pong or something between my ears (laughs) um addicted to that but and it's yeah. effective. It's not just like, hey, look, I can like pan instruments. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? It's like done in a very strategic way, which right before hopping on, I found a tape op interview that Kevin did. And oh. he like did not know what he was doing in terms of like mixing. Cause a lot of this is just solo him in a studio recording it and he was like yeah i don't really know what i was doing in terms of mixing which is crazy and i like what get out of here (laughs) yeah when i have been quote unquote mixing without knowing how to quote unquote mix it does not turn out like that (laughs) it's insane yeah he's 
He's very talented and mm -hmm. um, it, it all feels really intentional, which is cool, especially like, you know, now knowing that there was no intention other than to just make it happen. Mm -hmm. That's very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, I do think there are some lyrics I think that are really iconic. The second verse, I remember feeling like a ship whose captain was too drunk to steer. And you watched as I was sinking, waving sadly from the pier. That imagery is so like that already that. If the album art alone didn't give you the cartoon feel, like this really solidifies like very cartoonish imagery mm -hmm. and you really know what you're getting into with this record and I think it's great. Yeah, that line mm -hmm. in particular I feel like really makes me think of like Yellow Submarine or something. Like it puts me in the, you know. And also the, the lyric later, the uh, Vaseline over the lenses. And like once, you know, after way after I heard this, once I kind of like learned that trick with cameras, and understood what he was even talking about. It was like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool that he had that knowledge then. I'm like, yeah, wow, right. how are you the smartest person in the world? <laughs> you know, like season, the first seasons of Drag Race. <laughs> yeah, season like one, that. that filter. Oh, man. I think Requiem for OMM2 absolutely rocks. Mm-hmm. Big agree. Yeah, rocks. All the way. Also, what does, like... What does OMM2 it's, mean? It's some stand for. Isn't that a it's a um it's like a compound, isn't it? It's like an element. It, they're elements together. No? Okay, uh, I'm googling and I really um, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering that too. I've never thought about it. I just always accepted it. M me same. OMM2 um, molecular uh, weight. <laughs> The, the Google autofill is crazy. What? I always thought it was a compound. Someone told me it was a compound when I was a child. Not, yeah, Google results is like... Oh. It the, is a combined optical receiver and machine interface, which is designed to be mounted within the machine's... Okay, now a what? basketball buzzer. It's just... I literally don't <laughs> understand any part of that. <laughs> Well, you know what? what? If you're a listener and you happen to know what the fuck the title of the song is referencing, let us know. <laughs> Optical receiver for OSI interface. No, this is a product. Yeah, that sounds like commercial grade shit. But everything <laughs> is like optical receiver. Optical receiver. Maybe Kevin what Barnes is... went on to create parts for something. Or uh, a Montreal fan did. It makes me think it's for um, like surveying. You know, the people you see on like highways mm. or like the side of the street. Oh, that could be a thing. Don't they use like optical receivers? Becca, I'm the dumbest man in the world. I would not know the answer to <laughs> I'm that. I'm so curious. I need a how stuff works on this. <laughs> okay, well, track two on this amazing <laughs> record is a song called I Was Never Young. Uh, um, so a phenomenon that happened to me a lot listening to this record for the pod was that every time a song would start, I'd be like, oh my God, wait, this is my favorite song. No, this is my favorite song. Um, so of course, obviously with OMM2, I was like, this is my favorite song. And then with this song, I was like, oh wait, no, 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 I was wrong. This is my favorite <laughs> song. This song is just so fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Becca's staring yeah. at me. Okay, I was, I was scared. You were kind of staring at me in a weird way. I was like, oh no, she no. doesn't agree. I was looking at my iTunes and playing a little bit of it oh. and also warning I feel like a lot of these songs I'm gonna do what Carl does and just say they're fun well I mean I feel like <laughs> with this band specifically a lot of this stuff is just really fun yeah which I think the Pitchfork reviewer kind of missed mm. <laughs> I'm like 
it's just fun like i don't know god forbid music is fun god forbid it's not i wonder what was like slaying the critical reviews of this era but maybe it was like the microphones i guess that's probably before this but yeah the song rocks joey how do you feel about this song i love it with all of my heart i think it's incredible I mean, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, the the little like chanting uh, vocals that kind of like come out of um, OMM2 and come into this. Um, first of all, I'm a huge sucker for any of the kind of like crossfading, having an album play through, you know, continuously. Um, when which, the songs connect, mm-hmm. it's like chef's kiss. Yeah, chef's kiss all the way. Yeah. And it's generally how I feel about this song, chef's kiss. Oh, we love that. Becca, what about you? Um, I think it's it's really interesting. I feel like the way he layers his vocals and has them sort of abruptly cut off instead of having any sort of decay on them, mm. it feels like he's utilizing his voice as more of like a synth tone in the song, which is really cool. Um there's like trumpets that come in which are fun (laughs) (laughs) um and then there's like a sudden left hand turn towards the end where it's like ever since i was a kid i've been a brooding basket case oh yeah it like changes up the rhythm and Mm -hmm. he's like ever since i was a kid like that's guess what (laughs) (laughs) it is there's just like so much joy and bliss in the way the music sounds on this record especially this this first half of the record specifically um i i think something that's really cool knowing that he's kind of like a self-recording person um is that like he doesn't really feel like there's any like rhyme or reason for like adding guitar parts it's kind of like i have an idea in my head that would sound cool here i'm gonna put it on top of what i already have and i love that i love when you're just like literally building up the ideas rather than like thinking like how could i do this live Mm -hmm. like you know that's Mm -hmm. like there's so much freedom in that i think it really yields like a more interesting product when you're just like truly you know not applying any constraints to your ideas yeah i also love how the guitars kind of on the whole record just sound totally like you know, like DI, like not like there's like some modulation on them and stuff, but they're just like very clean, like plugged straight into the computer or whatever, you know, I assume computer and just how clean it is. Yeah. There's no like room noise from the amp or anything like that. It all feels very like straight into it. And sometimes that can be like a really jarring sound or sound really mechanical, but there's still like so much warmth here somehow, some way, which is really cool. Very smooth and warm. Yeah. I agree with you. I think this song fucking rocks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sl- I was never young, Rock. <laughs> I was never young. <laughs> yeah, I just totally got to the horns. It's so cool. So good. Okay. Track three is um a song called I was like trying to think of an adjective to describe it, but I just the song is massive. Uh, it's a literal sleigh and um, a hit. <laughs> it's called Wraith Pin to the Mist and Other Games. I feel like we have to just go ahead and um, acknowledge the Outback commercial. Of it all. <laughs> I read that and I like I don't remember. 
that being a thing, but I read it somewhere. I remember it being a thing. It shook my friend group to our core. <laughs> <laughs> like as What part of the song was it's it? It's the chorus. And the lyrics changed from um, let's pretend we don't exist to let's go out mm. back tonight. Life will still be here tomorrow. <laughs> Like, one of the rare examples of a band, like, truly re-recording lyrics for a commercial spot. It's literally iconic. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I remember feeling... Because that that also, like, you know, being younger, hearing that, like, hearing that commercial come on and feeling, like, the, the... So torn about, like, being, like, really worried about people selling out, like, it mattered back then. And, like, like, oh, no, what does this mean, you know? (laughs) my fame what's gonna happen to them yeah and and i also was just reading sorry no 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 please please you literally talk i'm (laughs) the interrupter of all interrupters i'm so sorry oh me too uh well i was just gonna say i was just reading that um his you know the, the of montreal fans were like pretty outraged too when that happened and kevin was just like you know don't worry guys the money we're making from this we're just putting to our next tour so it's fine and It's like he didn't have to explain himself, but in my no. opinion, but it's nice that uh, it's like Jim Henson, you know, just putting all the profit back into the Muppets. It's like, it's cool. It's nice. It is cool. It's really cool. And yet it's believable with him because for years this band has been putting on very over the top stage shows. So yeah, right. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't doubt him for a second when mm-hmm. he says that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this song is so insanely good. <laughs> I'm mad I didn't write this song. I also, like, listening to it now, like, a lot of the, uh, like, kind of toy piano sounds, like, were Apples in Stereo also an Elephant Six band? Or am I making that up? They were. Cool. So, and I feel like there's, like, a, I only really know that one Apples in Stereo record. Was it Her, Her Wallpaper Reverie? Is that what the name of the album is? Oh, I have not heard those words in a sentence in so <laughs> long. Oh my god! I was just listening to that while I was cutting the grass <clears throat> a few weeks ago, and and because uh, I I think like uh, Strawberry Fire or whatever, like the big single from that Apples and Stereo record, came with like Windows Media Player on a computer we got. <laughs> it was like that and like some David Byrne song, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know. I didn't know who David Byrne was, and. I remember being so excited and like the toy piano all over that Apples and Stereo record. And I love like just kind of like this era of Elephant Six, like the um the the way that they interpret all of like the sixties pop and like the sixties like worship and like the panning, you know, like the kind of extreme panning stuff mm-hmm. and like um yeah, but kind of like the real playful childlike uh instrument sounds on this song were just yes. made, made me think of that. I, I feel like this is like a, kind of like a pinnacle of like what when I was in high school people like describing a band as twee like you know mm. like those tones those to me will always be like quintessential like totally twee vibes yeah it makes me yeah immediately just like Mary Jane shoes on everyone <laughs> is that what those are called I the, I know, know that I mean. yeah yes yes mm-hmm. we the the shoe capital T capital S like the dress <laughs> um Okay, yes. Does anyone have anything else they want to say about this particular song? Mm, it's a it's you know, it's just it's like having a good time type of type of song. You know? Not a care in the world. The bass line is that, so iconic. The bass. It this song is mostly just like bass and drum machine and vocals, I feel like. 
Yeah. yeah. I also love that it's one of those songs that like you know that when they play this live that bass line comes in and it's like one of those songs that like you know people like lose their minds just the bass line like intro like you know what's coming oh my god outback. yes you outback is coming <laughs> i'll bloom it out yet it's coming <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> honestly i would devour one right now so. yeah it sounds so good oh right oh my gosh y'all <laughs> I'm going to say that Wraith, Pin to the Mist, and other games, I'm going to say it fucks. Me too. Yeah. Okay. It fucks. It fucks. It's the song I remember most from this album. Cool. Same. Yeah, it's so memorable. All right. Yes, it's very iconic. All right, track four is a song called Forecast Fastest Future. Um, it's kind of our first guitar rock song of the record. Yeah. Um, Becca, how do you feel about Miss Forecast? Um, it's not my fave. The chorus is the best part. Agreed. <laughs> um, I get major musical vibes from this song. <laughs> cool. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, he is putting on a musical right That's now. Awesome. Especially the way he ends with like, like some verse or something, he's screaming like gentle and it's like the grand finale. Yeah. So cool. Um I mean eh, I don't know. It's just like this is this is filled with like those vocab words. That is like what sanguinary <laughs> like who puts that in a song? Myopic. Um <laughs> just prescient SAT vibes. It's really that. I feel like this band, I could almost credit this band with my like addiction to vocab and songwriting. <laughs> um. It's crazy that these words are in a song and they somehow work. It's really funny. Yeah. I feel like for some reason the only other band I know of that does lyrics like this is like Slayer. Did you already say that? <laughs> no. and it's so Joey, I, there's no sentence I know has never been spoken on the pod more than one of us saying that Slayer is good at vocab. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah, and it's so funny to me that it's like, Of Montreal and Slayer are the two that seem to do this the most. And it's like such an odd couple. Wow, I'm not familiar, but I'm intrigued. I only know from skate videos i guess is like the only time that i've ever like listened to slayer it's like skateboarding videos when somebody just has to skate to slayer joey were you did you have a big skateboarding phase yeah i totally i like told my parents like i'm i'm skateboarding i'm not going to college and they were like okay and then i just kind of fell in love with music through skateboarding videos and quit skateboarding and music Oh my god, I literally am so addicted to this intel. <laughs> that's amazing. Either... Okay, so was there... I had a very small phase, if that's what you're going to ask. Skateboarding? Yeah, did you, Becca? Mm -hmm. mm, had like a longboarding phase. Awesome. That looks so fun. I've never tried it, but it looks like the most pleasant parts of skateboarding. It is. <laughs> It's so fun and it's so much easier <laughs> than skateboarding, I think. Yeah. <laughs> less less effort, pain. Yeah. Which I'm all about. Suffering, less suffering. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Joey, did you have a brand that you really wanted a sponsorship for in terms of skateboarding? I, I feel like Toy Machine would have been the dream, you know? Like, I love Ed Templeton's art, and their videos were so cool. And, that like, the team was always good, and the music was good in all the videos. Yeah, that was That's the, amazing. That was top. What about you? Okay. I was Flip. I wanted Flip oh. bad. Sorry is, like, flip. the best video of all time. So, I Literally. totally... And Jeff Raleigh is just the coolest, so... I- little man little beautiful talented man we yeah i saw him and i was like oh he's perfect like <laughs> I, yeah, same. like yeah he's probably five six <laughs> or something five seven maybe but yeah perfect yeah okay that and enjoy but those are my those are my two just because yeah. i love the aesthetic of enjoy oh my god yeah like jerry sue is that how you say his name is like that's not, I if I had to guess I would assume one of my all time I don't mean to sorry like you're gonna have so much to edit but no that's like yeah enjoy I'm with you that's amazing well wow, I'm literally so addicted to talking about the like the few things I learned playing Tony Hawk on the pod <laughs> right <laughs> yeah okay so awesome okay forecast fastest future to try and get us little uh, to just try and get us back on track yes yes um, sorry I personally think that this chorus, I, what Becca said, this chorus really, really saves this song. Not to say that the verses are even bad, but just the chorus is so iconic. Um, after my first listen back for the pod, I found myself singing this song while I was doing dishes, and I was like, okay, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joey, what about you? I This is actually, this might be my favorite song on the record. I like, wow. I, not to be, uh, you know, contrary, but but the yeah that kind of contrary <laughs> yeah thank you thank you so much i feel safe <laughs> safe and seen um yeah the, the acoustic guitar that like quick double strum kicking in is like oh this is going to be great and then it is like the that kind of like lead guitar solo that kind of like opens the song it's like for the first time you know the guitars sound like they're like really like hitting the red but they're like so like creamy still and and uh I love the sound of it, and the I love the um, the the quick like delay trail on his vocal like leading into the is like the first chorus and it like it just cuts off like right before the chorus hits, and like all the little kind of tricks like that and like the stuttery delay thing that happens at about a minute on his vocal is amazing, and then that like extended kind of like breakdown like bridge like come down part is like really good but it is good because of the like bigger like bridge that it goes into out of it and that mm-hmm. like why do i always have to tell you and like think like the melody like the way it changes it's just like ah, uh, it's 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 so satisfying and exciting and i love it so much and that's how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I feel like Kevin Barnes is a genius when it comes to like assembling a song and knowing mm-hmm. like what to put before another part to make each part their own unique sort of thing. Yeah. He's just like very it's always interesting and it, it never feels like jarring. I feel like as this band went on, it started to feel a little jarring. Mm-hmm. Um and that maybe that's why I got less interested, but like this is such a sweet spot for just like all the parts being so so good together. Yeah. I agree with that. I think this song rocks. I think it rocks. Dang. I 
I, obviously, I think it rocks. Slay. I mean, you could always say it fucks if you want to. It does no fuck. Pressure. It fucks so much. S- yeah. Okay, <laughs> sickening. All right. So that leads us into track five, a little song called So Begins Our Alibi. Um, Genius is telling me something that Wikipedia told me earlier, and that is that Alibi is the name of Kevin Barnes's daughter with artist Nina Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a cute little factoid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Apparently, this song signals the second act of the album. Oh, cool. I love that. Okay. More, more like, mu- like musical a- theater vibes. It sounds like a video game, which in the Pitchfork review, they say some other song is like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog vibes, but I'm like, <laughs> no, this is the video game song. <laughs> I agree with that. I Okay, so when I was making notes about this record, I made a note that I really like this song, but now that I'm listening to it, I'm like, what? It's, I don't okay, even like, the chorus. It. When it gets to the chorus, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not into the pre-chorus, like, the leading up to it. It is very, like, I'm playing Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, <laughs> totally. Boop, boop, boop. And then the aria is bleeding, oh, like that oh, yes. is so yes. good. Yes. I had the same experience. A- the, uh, the Sorry. <laughs> no, pl- no, keep, please. There's literally no such thing as interrupting each other on this podcast. Okay. Well, I, I w- yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah, I totally uh, uh, agree with you, Becca. Like, I, I, I think I, I was running the other day, both of you, what you were saying. I, I was listening to this, and this song came on, and I was like, oh, yeah, this song. And I thought about skipping it, but then it got to the song, like, like almost mm-hmm. two minutes in, it finally like becomes what it's going to be, and it is like, oh yeah, I do love this. But the, as much as I love video game music, the whole kind of like intro to the song feels a little slow for me. Like it serves its purpose on the record, but I agree with you. It's like it didn't need the crazy intro, but in terms of listening to the record straight through, the crazy intro does help move the record along Mm -hmm. it's just it's so funny how it's like i wonder like what came first like the chorus or the crazy intro like i really want to (laughs) know yeah with him i feel like it could be either yeah i mean and that's like something that i love about the uh skeletal lamping album how and i wonder if it was the case with this song where it feels like he just has at any given moment like 40 different like pop gem like vignettes kind of like laying around and he's like okay, there's probably enough here for an album. We'll just stick them together. And this song, like, the first four songs kind of do that, but they feel very natural, like you were saying. But but um, I don't know. I don't know where that's going. <laughs> <laughs> it is just interesting to think about, because I think I agree that I feel like he is definitely someone who has a million ideas. Mm. And it's like, over time, like, starting to assemble them in ways that are a little more jarring. I'm like... Okay, like I wonder if it was like work for you to not do that early on, or if it's mm. work for you to do that now. Like you know, I wonder what's more natural, or is it all just natural? Yeah, wildly talented. With that, with someone like that, it's like I just want to pick your brain as well. So, yeah. Kevin Barnes, if you're listening to this, you have an open invitation to come on the pod. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so great. I think so begins our alibi rocks. Yeah, there's a there's a really cool part towards the end where it's like dueling like dual bases going on which yeah. is so sick he re- i mean talk about an album that just highlights bass more than 
<laughs> like the instrument bass. <clears throat> and and you it know? <laughs> barely it barely sounds like bass most of the time. Like they're always kind of these like high on the neck parts with like chorus or something like the way yeah. he uses bass on this record is so interesting. Yeah. Yes. I, I love the song. I love the chorus. I think it's cute. <laughs> does it rock or does it suck? I think, uh, yeah, it rocks. Sick. Yeah, I, I think it rocks too. Yeah. All right. Sick. So track six is a song called Our Spring is Sweet, Not Fleeting. This is an instrumental track, which there are a couple. Mm-hmm. This one's kind of scary. Really? <laughs> I think it's like sweet but scary. Don't it's you got think? like Danny Elfman vibes for me, big time. It is kind of like circusy, like mm-hmm. clown imagery. Like it sounds like spooky. it could be from. Sorry, yeah, it sounds like it could be from like a nightmare episode of like Rugrats or something. Ooh, you know what I mean? That's yes, spot on. Yes. Yeah, nail on the fucking head. I'm gonna just say it rocks because I, it's inoffensive and it does something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fun little tune. Also, I think the the party's crashing us hits so much harder because this is right before it. Could not agree more. Not to get ahead of the thing, but <laughs> I feel like also considering that this this rocks for that reason. Mm-hmm. Yes. Agreed, agreed. Okay, so track seven, The Party's Crashing Us. Joey, how do you feel about The Party's Crashing Us? It's awesome. It's like, <laughs> you know, these like synth lines, this melody is so great. And um, it doesn't waste any time getting right into the fun. And um, I love the space and the verses. Um, and this is the song with the lyric that's like, what's he say? Is this the song where he says something about like black wizards? Mm-hmm. Like, it has some like wild metaphors in it that are like so, so like cool uh, to like imagine visually, like or just weird, phonetically pleasing, and also like what? What are you talking about? I love it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like the absurdity, like uh, just a metaphor that it's like, how did your brain go there? Yeah. Um, yeah, verse two is, oh, well, we made love like a pair of black wizards. You freed me from the past. You fucked the suburbs out of me. I made note of that line. You fucked the suburbs out of me. I it's great. That. Also, like, <laughs> it's- I, I always thought that Hissing Fauna was, like, the first appearance of an F word on an of Montreal album. And I've been listening to this record for years and didn't notice that he <coughs> uses a cuss until, like, the like the past week listening to it. That's amazing you learn something new every day yes oh man um this song is wild i like literally don't even know what to say it's good (laughs) it's really good i feel like out of all the songs on this record i feel like this is the one that feels like it could have landed on hissing fauna like it kind of like Mm. hits a lot of that like that kind of disco-y guitar like bouncing sort of sound that i feel like hissing fauna really slays whereas i feel like i view this record as more like beetle pop less like disco like in general, I feel like the thesis of this is Beetle Pop, and then the thesis of Hissing Fawn is like disco. So yeah, I, I think feel, I feel that. We love to like connect the little stepping stones, or I personally do between records, and I think that this is like this is that for me. Yeah, Becca, what about you? Um, the chorus is the best part of the song. <laughs> That's like 
honestly, if this song was just like verse one, chorus, verse two, chorus, I think that would make it a perfect song. <laughs> like, I feel like there's like a weird bridge where it's just like a synth, crazy, like fun synth solo, which I'm sure is a blast. But uh, for me, I'm just like, okay, yeah, okay, this is fun, but um, I'm ready to move on. Um, yeah, at almost five minutes, it's like, okay, we could have edited down a smidge. Yeah, but... it's just, yeah, it could just do with some editing, which <laughs> I know if I was like playing this, though, I'd be having a blast. Like, yeah. You're just like, yeah, this synth is everyone wants to hear this in solo just going crazy um, it is really fun yeah. yeah but then it goes into like just straight up like piano yeah it's but so, it's so cool i mean it, it, it's still rocks yeah it's mixed really well where it doesn't feel like absurd even though in theory it is absurd it's mm. so cool mm-hmm. oh I think the song absolutely rocks. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It rocks very much. <laughs> it rocks quite hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Track eight is a song called Night Rider, and it is also an instrumental song. Um, I'm going to listen to a smidge of it and see. Same. That does remind me. I went and saw Green Knight. Joey, have you seen the, oh. the Green Knight? No, I haven't even seen a trailer. How was it? Oh, I've heard it about really, it. It's really boring. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> it's so... I don't think I've ever felt more impatient sitting in a movie. Wow. To be Dang. honest. But also, I mean, people who are like... Know the, the story and like are really like film heads or film buffs or whatever s- seem to like it, but it it ain't no action movie. Is it a is okay. it like a superhero thing? No, not it's just the world's most boring. There's a lot of walking, <laughs> Dev Patel just walking mostly. Oh, cool. Wait, uh, 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 it's A24, right? Is that the thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm excited to watch it. I love, I feel like boring is like my favorite movie genre. Like, well, just, then, <laughs> this I cannot wait is for you. <laughs> uh, cool. I'm sorry, though, if, if it was like a disappointing experience for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, though. I love, I love when the guest apologizes for Becca watching a movie. On <laughs> Does that happen a lot? <laughs> no, it's never happened before. <laughs> Also, you're the first person to ever apologize for a Becca watching a movie and the first person to mention Slayer on the pod. I'm, like, literally addicted to no. this. Oh, I don't believe that. Dang. Cool. No. I mean, I believe you. you. I'm not calling... I was going to say, I you're calling me a liar on my own podcast. It's not me. It's very off-brand for you. Knight Rider's cute. It's very bass and, like, slinky synth. It's, like, it feels like driving in a sports car. I like it. Yeah. Um, I think it's fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm not like putting it on any like mixes, you know. But yeah, not even as an interlude. I mean, that's that's its thing, right? Like it's it's functional. I feel like on the record. 
like yeah cuz you can't i don't know it's the dynamics it's like party party's crashing us is such a party song and this is like oh sorry no yeah yeah it was just, it's like the come down <coughs> sort of yeah. yeah this is in the video game when there's just like dialogue happening and you're having to read the pop-ups cutscene vibes yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 okay totally well track nine is a song called i was a landscape in your dream this song is on the more mellow side it's still very good in my opinion i think that kevin barnes can write a slow song just as well as he can write a crazy wild upbeat song there are some things that he does here though like oh the like layers of that did you hear that last note that was so bad that was the raspiest my voice has ever been (laughs) um but uh like I feel like he has utilized that like to varying degrees before this point this point, but like it is very much showcased here and I think that that's amazing. I love when that kind of weird production you think gets its moment. Mm. Uh Bacardo, how do you feel about this song? <laughs> Snooze. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh, have the listeners ever seen the movie The Green Knight? Because it's really similar to this. <laughs> I think after the party's crashing us most of the rest of this is a slump hmm. it's like why build us up you should put some slow songs earlier so this doesn't happen and i forget that the second half of this album exists yeah that's t that's a fair very fair crit- criticism in my opinion yeah joey how you feel about this song yeah i don't disagree with either of you um I love the, like you were saying, um, I, I, the kind of like operatic, because the background vocals are always there, but here they're really like, really exaggerated, and, and I love that. And yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, you know, I love Mellotron, so that's a strength, you know, that kind of like Mellotron string thing happening throughout. Yeah, mm-hmm. not my favorite song on the album by a, a long shot, but I am glad it's on here. I would say it's Perfect. fine. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, gonna say it rocks personally, Damn. but I think, no, it's okay. That's awesome, no, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> it's cool, I like, I am such a sucker for like a, a really well-earned slow jam, like a, a down-tempo moment that feels like you needed it. Like, I feel like there's a lot of weight on a song when it is in that position, and I feel like this rises to that occasion. Mm. I think it's fine. <laughs> Okay, well, slay on a goals. We'll move right <laughs> along. The next song is uh, track ten, "Death of a Sh- Death of a Shade of a Hue." Wow, that was really hard for me to say. <laughs> um, Joey, how do you feel about "Death of a Shade of a Hue"? I, the first time, like the first time I heard this album, this song like blew me away. I was so surprised by it. And I still really, really love it a lot. I love the it. Fe- this song feels like a kind of like a Beach Boys like drug nightmare moment. Like really like dense harmonies, doing really like bizarre chords. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm impressed by this song, and I love listening to it. And yeah, I think it's awesome. Oh my god, I the way you talk about music is so it's cool. I could like <laughs> I'm a dick I am so I'm just happy this is happening. Me too. Yes, I I agree. I think that this is 
this song does kind of to make these choices is just so interesting because i don't think i would have ever attempted anything like this it's like if this is the beach boys lane i'm gonna let it be the beach boys lane i'm not (laughs) gonna try and filter it through my little brain but kevin barnes does it in such a way that is unique to him Mm -hmm. and it is it's referential but it's also bizarrely of montreal it's very cool Mm -hmm. um i love that becca what about you uh Joey just totally changed my perspective on this song. <laughs> did you just think it was Snoozeville? I did. And then <laughs> just hearing what was just said about it, I have a totally new outlook on it and wow. viewing it from, you know, this is like Beach Boys, like the the just bizarre kind of chords going on. I think it's very cinematic. And um, yeah, I've changed my mind. I think it rocks. <laughs> Wow, I'm honored. That's so cool. This is one of my favorite phenomenons that happens on the pod where like one of us hates a song and the guest convinces us that it's good and we're like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Which for me, th- like never happens, I feel like. Dang. It usually happens with Carl. Yeah, I'm me. quick to judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I relate. That's rad. Uh, yes. Yeah, good work, Joey. This song rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> okay uh, um after death of a shade of a hue is track 11 oslo in the summertime um i'm gonna listen to a little bit of this even though even the spotify plays alone will tell you this song is a fucking hit mm-hmm. hell yeah this is the okay. song that made me choose this album is wow. it mm-hmm. wow cool I will straight up say I am on record in in the history of this pod saying very often with frequency that I hate when a song is vaudeville and the song starts a little vaudeville, hmm. but this song rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I like when I it started, that. I was in the shower and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then like as it like kept going, I was like, oh, I have like a lot of reverence for this song. I like know almost all these words like hmm. the song was big for me at a moment where like I was not sick of these tones and I think Kevin mm-hmm. Barnes really like nails it. Oh, it's so cool. It's so it's like dark sounding. It's kind of creepy sounding mm-hmm. and just his vocal effect on this song is like feels lazy and like it's fitting. It's like lazy like mm-hmm summertime vibes lazy hazy crazy (laughs) (laughs) he knew the assignment yeah he was like bethany i got you (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's sick yeah the (laughs) that shit's cool (laughs) so cool and i feel like that part would kind of that vocal part would do what it does anyway but then like with the tremolo on it it's it's like Mm -hmm. yeah pushes it over the edge yeah, it sounds like you're connecting to AOL, which like love that <laughs> always. It's also um, like the first yeah. song you can just like nod your head to the entire time, just like hmm. jam to it. Yeah. Instead of like there being like weird switch ups mm-hmm. and just like left turns out of nowhere. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's fairly linear. Yeah, you, that's a really great observation that I think at this point in the record, I don't expect the song to be linear. So when it is mm-hmm. linear, I don't even notice because I'm like... I was already on high alert for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think like... All right, Joey. Well, yeah, I also... 
I'm trying to think, was it that first? So I feel like this was a thing maybe like in the early 2000s with like indie music where even though this isn't the last song on the album, obviously, um, I feel like it was kind of a thing. Maybe I'm thinking of that first Interpol album, um, Turn on the Bright Turn Lights. Turn on the Bright Lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I feel like some other records too where like the last song on the album or a song close to the end would suddenly get like this kind of like low key kind of groovy but like dark like minor key kind of feel and I never liked that it always felt like just totally personal taste kind of like it just sort of like felt like it just bothered me to like end an album on that note yes that's what I'm like that's the vaudeville critique is like that it's like when you intentionally write a song that feels like like I'm gonna write a capital D dark song yeah it's like it feels like low-hanging fruit it's like okay i get it we're close to the end congratulations you understand how to like close or you like understand how to introduce like a moral to a story like Mm. great like you know you read a nursery rhyme or something like (laughs) it's weird it is weird and yeah it's not i feel like it doesn't always necessarily showcase like what a band does well Mm -hmm. you know it can feel really out of place Um, yeah but yeah and i think that Well, that was just to say that I think that this actually works. Mm -hmm. This is an example of it working. So, yeah, and I think I had a a similar experience to you of, like, every time the song comes in, I hear that bass line and, like, the sound of the synth, like, the the tone of the bass synth, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know. But then then he does it, you know, and, like, what he does with it is, like, oh, man, I love this guy. Like, he really knows what he's doing, and he's so good at it. And, yeah, the song ends up, maybe even fucking like honestly you know? yes. mm-hmm. and and i also wanted to add <coughs> if i may speaking of video game music this song especially like before it really comes in just that bass intro really reminds me of the song that plays on the second level of sonic the hedgehog 2 uh you know what i mean is that is the second level the casino level casino nights or whatever where oh, you're like in the power plant maybe so I'm that's like, not the one i mean though the the, the kind of like jungle like the dark like jungle level Ooh, wait the second one okay so in i just googled because sonic 2 for genesis for sega genesis was like one of the only games i had up until teenhood um yeah, the second same. level is chemical plant zone Okay, that's but not then I mean. yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. That's like casino vibes. Okay. But that's actually so later on is casino night zone. So essentially, I'm all fucked up. <laughs> um, Aquatic ruin is three. Could that be what you're thinking? Uh, dang, is that the second Sonic? It is. Wow, I don't remember that. Um, I mean, I remember that level, but no, I don't think so. I'm gonna play a little bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have to unfortunately watch a five-second YouTube ad. <laughs> Wait, two of them. So glad I did this to us. No, it's great. We love a. Oh yeah, Mystic no, cave this zone. song. Okay, Mystic Cave Zone. Was this in two? I oh honestly don't even know anymore. Yeah, it had to be because I, I always had uh, tails following me. Yes, it is in two. Oh my god! Oh, this rocks. I'm gagging because it really is similar. 
So I had totally forgotten this song. I just, for whatever reason, Oslo in the Summertime always made me go to this place in this video game. <laughs> it would take you to Mystic Caves on yes. a one-way ticket. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love that, Joey. Huge, uh, di- you know, uh, you know, uh, digression. But uh, well, no, I would say the Pitchwork reviewer that said that he needed that Kevin Barnes need to make music for Sonic. Like literally <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. You, the two of you felt the same vibe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Twin vibes. Um, I, yeah, I think Sunlandic twin vibes. You see what I did there? I think that this song <laughs> fucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also just fun fact. He did spend half of his time in Oslo, Norway, recording this album. So the song makes sense really cool yeah there's a lyric about um about being in norway and experiencing all the black metal on hissing fauna mm-hmm. which as i said earlier is like the record i really like pined the fuck over yeah um yeah all right also in the summertime is followed by track 12 which is october's eternal which is a little instrumental song piano-y also a little creepy um in my opinion um but pretty mm-hmm. it Never have I ever heard a song more that just sounds like a man like clanking left hand, right hand on a piano. <laughs> um, but that's fine. Um, it's cool. I think it's fine. No, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. this is doing nothing. No. Okay. Well, Joey, what do you think? <laughs> I do love it a lot. The uh, so particularly. The section at, um, where does it happen? Hold on, sorry. You're okay. This is a long instrumental song, too. Yeah, it is. Okay. Oh, at, at 147 when the the hellfire opens up? Oh, is that what we're talking about? I forgot about? about that. No, I was going to say 118 when it, like, finally switches from that original progression and goes to a new progression that's more, like, kind of, like, mm. whatever. Oh, when it goes yeah. to that part that's where I am like every time remember and decide again that I am totally sold on this song because that (laughs) feels like such like you know like late 70s TV theme and Mm. and which is like absolutely my favorite genre of music uh you know uh like the Bob James you know taxi theme uh whatever like suicide is painless like what you know those the mash theme like those are the that's you know whatever that's like <laughs> that's your bread and butter that's, that's your Jewish now so good um and this oh, song switches into that mode and it feels su- very natural but also surprising and that's why i really love that um and then it switches to the hellfire and <laughs> i'm like i feel like this is a thing he does on later albums um the album after Lousy with Sylvie and Briar, uh, Ariette Gloom. Um, that album I love, but the second half is a lot of this, like, and he does it on Paralytic Stocks, too, with the, it kind of is like a horror movie sound collage, and it kind of feels like, this probably was fun for you, but, <laughs> you know, and, but I think the, the amount uh, that he does it on this album is a good amount. And it really works and makes the album better. 
more interesting such a cool contrast yeah i can i think it's used as like a seasoning here and it's not like you know the main dish Mm -hmm. yeah right And i think that it it works really really well here for sure it's cool also like the slow reveal that like that's in there like you know that he has this interest in making these like yeah like 70s horror movie kind of sounds (laughs) you know like he's like i I can do this yeah (laughs) i think it's cool i think that the song i think it rocks i like the end that sounds crazy spooky (laughs) but i think up until then it just reminds me of like taking a midi class in college and like writing (laughs) my first song and like using nothing but midi instruments as like a project yeah (laughs) that's really fair becca i i feel that too but have either of you listened to um oh darn it what's his name uh james i'm gonna do another james ferrero Mm-mm. Never. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, is it okay if I do another uh, <laughs> diverge kind of? <laughs> Joey, of course, it's absolutely fine. I don't want to like like take up your whole day, but so James Ferrero has this. Um, it's the only album I've spent any time with, but it's called Night Dolls with Hairspray, and I can only okay. find it on YouTube. Like it's not <laughs> anywhere else. And this album is so exciting to me i love it so much so i was like reading about james ferrero and kind of after this like he kind of went on to make these like kind of bizarre like just like midi albums and they just sound like midi strings but Mm -hmm. apparently he's like the coolest artist of all time according to whatever like hypnagogic pop rabbit holes of the internet you know like but Anyway, you saying that Becca just made me think of him and and thinking of like this um, kind of like new age where like CDs and jewel cases are the new cassette and like, uh, you know, as far as like cool factor goes or whatever. And I'm like making myself feel very old right now. No. Such a grandpa. You're like, no. (laughs) Like, I feel like, yeah, that kind of like goofy sounding like MIDI music is it feels like such a cool it wasn't i imagine cool in 2005 mm-hmm. the way that it is now but anyway i'm sorry that just that made me think of that when you said that no that's i lo- i love to learn i love when the guest educates us on something i'm excited <laughs> to dig into james ferraro um good luck i think that <laughs> thank yeah it seems hard um <laughs> there's a uh that I like I you mentioning like the MIDI of it all like and how like that's like just such a funny thing like there's that one waves record the, the one with the three V's that when it came out and people were like literally gagging for it I was like you guys clearly have just never opened like Fruity Loops like you know <laughs> like you know like the sounds that you guys are like oh my god I've never heard anything like this I'm like okay well download Fruity Loops it's free <laughs> like you know that was like my I whole takeaway with it but it is funny how like that doesn't happen anymore with music like that you don't hear music that sounds like that anymore mm-hmm. midi midi has come a long way also MIDI has, it yes. was fun to learn that uh why can't i think of his name all of a sudden kevin barnes yes um i was about to say james but um, <laughs> uh no he actually worked in reason which is what oh. i learned in 
college to do MIDI stuff in, which is kind of like, I don't know, no one uses it, but (laughs) that was like a fun little thing to learn. That is cool. I didn't know that. Do you you still make music, Becca? I do, but none of it involves MIDI because I do not have those things. Cool. I'm sorry to ask. I feel like I should, I was like... Oh no, you're good. I'm kind not of like that's like, not my main thing. Cool. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was like just trying to like you know l- learn a little bit and get prepared before we talked. And I like, yeah. I didn't. I didn't find that. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're a good but student. I'm looking forward to. Is that where where would be a good place to hear what you do? Just go to uh, dot com. Oh, and then that's just kind of my website to send to okay. employers. Nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I love this. I love Joey. I'm literally so addicted to you being like good student vibes, wanting to do your homework before you jump on the pod. That it like means so. I'm the uh, same when I go on any other podcast. So like, I just appreciate that. I mean. I, I was nervous today. I, I didn't want to <laughs> oh. show up and look like an idiot. So, oh my god! No, well, in in any sort of you know in any sort of situation, I think Becca and I, specifically me, am a bigger idiot than any of our guys. <laughs> so you know, it's it's much appreciated yeah. that you you're never going to look like the dumbest person on the podcast because unfortunately, <laughs> I host the podcast. It's <laughs> funny. All right, Great. so track. Track 13, yes, Mm -hmm. track 13, is a little song called The Repudiated Immortals. It is the closing track on the record. I have to, give me just one second, my my Spotify started playing Bunny Ain't No Kind of Writer, and I was like, this is not on this record. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. I feel like, is it hidden on your Spotify? What, the last track? Mm Mm-hmm. No, it's repudiated immortals. I can click on it hmm. just fine. Oh, interesting. It was hidden on mine yesterday, but I also that have this album in iTunes. So that's really interesting that you say that because for probably like the first like seven years that I loved and listened to this album, I am sorry to say that I had like a bootleg copy of it on my iPod. And I, for yeah, for years thought that October is Eternal was the last song. And I didn't even hear this song until a couple years ago. And it felt like a completely thrilling like experience, like a fun <laughs> bonus track that I never knew about, but has always been oh, there. That has happened to me on albums before because I think it was with the Waves album, King of the Beach. Whatever, for mm. whatever reason in my iTunes, the order of the tracks was all out of whack. And then I listened oh. to like the actual order they were supposed to be in. And then I think Felix, they were saying how I had a totally different experience than most people. <laughs> That's <laughs> so interesting. There's like something to be said about that era where you had to manually like manage your iTunes library. That like mm-hmm. that was a thing. We did um we did Good Health by Pretty Girls Make Graves. And I um I confess that I originally only knew like seven or six of the songs because I bought them on iTunes individually and oh. I didn't have enough money to buy the whole album. <laughs> so I like skipped oh. the little instrumental songs. I was like, I don't need those. I just want like the song songs. And it's just funny how like that's in in an age of streaming that is so far gone. Yeah. 
Yeah, man, I love that. Oh, okay. So the repudiated immortals. This song is cool. It's the I smooth feel like it's jazz a, song. It really it feels like a slide <laughs> into the home base, like the home plate. Like we're at the end of the record, and it's just like nothing jarring, nothing wild. Mm-hmm. All that came before this. It's just like a really nice way to go out. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> Joey, how do you feel about the song? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's like so mellow and straightforward and pleasant. The sounds are like they all feel like soft and round and like nice. And it's it's so this also kind of has like hissing fauna vibes to me, honestly. Like it reminds me a little bit of the um maybe just the baseline kind of reminds me of the uh the song, you know, the one from Hissing Fauna that's like get my groceries. Oh my god. Well, I forget on, what it's yes. called, but you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. I my search bar is actually missing on Spotify. Oh, How no. iconic is that? <laughs> do you use the app on your computer? I do. That the app on computer just terrible. I always yes. just use the web browser. Yeah. Oh, that's so much smarter. Also, <laughs> there's a point in here that is very he just is like, no. No, 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 no. And it makes me think of that Jesse J. No, 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 Oh, cool. It's like we're referencing memes, cool. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know what. We'll send it to you. Okay, thank you. But yeah, I love that line. I love when he does that. I feel like the wrong, I remember... There was some pomegranate song. I can't think of what it is now, but that we would do. And when we we ended it live, like I would like repeat the word love like over and over again for kind of a while. And I remember in Chicago one time afterwards, this guy came up to me. He's like, "Yeah, you guys are pretty good. That uh, that one song though. Well, you're not lyricists. You're you know you're musicians. So nobody can hold that against you." And it's like, uh, "How rude!" <laughs> like, fucking hilarious. Like at the at the time, I was like whoa hey man my feelings but you know, <laughs> yeah. now now looking back it's like he was drunk and he was being honest and i appreciate that even if his opinion is stupid yeah his opinion sucks ass because i'm here to <laughs> i'm here to do some damage control for that guy and i'm gonna say that you guys were musicians and lyricists <laughs> well you know thank you that's why i brought it up was for more affirmation but um fishing for compliments i see no, I'm just <laughs> yeah uh but but no like i i love yeah that line that that kevin does that on this song uh that you know it's like obviously he's never you know at a shortage for lyrics and so at this point in the record when he takes like a whole like measure to just like repeat the word no it it's mm-hmm. like oh like this matters like this is a big deal i don't know it just it hits hard and i love it yeah it's very intentional it's done with strong intention Mm -hmm. making it intentional Um, (laughs) it's very it's cool it's cool that's a great observation too that i like hadn't really thought about like you know when you're such a a wild lyricist and you start repeating something it's like oh i should probably pay attention to that so yeah yeah dang good one becca yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I think the song personally rocks. Does anyone? Did anyone not get a turn to talk about this? I'm like at the point of the pod where my brain is starting to like leak out of my skull. I, <laughs> I like. I want to say it rocks, but I feel like I never. 
I feel like I check out after Oslo in the summertime and mm. I never give the song the time of day, which is on me because listening to it, it is actually good. But yeah. I think it's fine. I think Perfect. that's fair. Joey, is there anything else you want to say about this song in particular? I think it rocks. I mean, I think it's a great Slay. it's a great contrast like <coughs> The album feels maybe a little bit long. Like, I agree. Like, by the time you get to this point, it's kind of like, you know, fatigue is, like, starting to set in for me. And, yeah, I feel that. But I think this is a, yeah. a, a, an excellent song. All right. So we've reached the end of the record. Before we deliver our final verdict, is there anything anyone would like to say about this album that they maybe didn't say while we were discussing songs? I feel like this was a verbose ep. We got a lot of thoughts out, but <laughs> if there's anything else. Mm, I went into like a rabbit hole reading about um, Kevin yesterday because I think there are some problematic things about him and his oh, are there he has like if you read into like his stage alter ego that he created and stuff like that and i just think it just shows that he's old and doesn't have like the sort of <laughs> education that we have had you know on like gender identity versus sexuality and stuff like that and i think he confuses mm. those two and it's kind of like someone needs to like sit down with him and be like hey hey <laughs> <laughs> but um i found that really interesting just reading up on him and other people's thoughts of him but it's also really cool like carl you were saying about their role in terms of other people's like queerness and their journey and like discovering that but also it being like a like himself being problematic at the same time is very interesting to me hmm. yeah. yeah i th i actually feel like now that you're mentioning i feel like i remember hearing like some like some like stuff on the internet about like cancelable behavior but like i mean that happens with I everyone i think he I'm, just like, needs an education needs to like read some stuff you know <laughs> but also like there's like there's always like that thing where it's like you can't expect someone from like the generation before to like be wise to how the generation below is like operating like it's not just going to be something they like discover on their own it kind of like does kind of it, or if they do like that's like the rare they're like the outlier of that mm -hmm. i'm like reading the wiki and i cannot find a single thing like mentioning pronouns for kevin so now i'm like oh my god have we been misgendering this wild person this whole time but no I if think, that is the case kevin i apologize yeah i think he goes by he him but there's a there every now and then oh. just scanning the wiki but Ooh, Kevin, I'm sorry. Apologies. Kevin, you have an open invitation to come on the pod as well apologies. and you can totally eviscerate our asses if you want <laughs> yeah but anyways, uh, I just found that aspect interesting and mm. didn't want to gloss over that because that, yeah. Uh -oh. oh, I just got to the section on the wiki about George Fruit and how George Fruit oh. was a black man in his 40s who's undergone multiple sex changes. Georgie Fruit, yeah. Georgie Fruit, yeah, Georgie. Sorry, I literally can't read. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. That's like a choice. Yeah. That's definitely a I'll choice. I'll have to send you i read up on like articles like so many articles yesterday <laughs> just okay. being you know curious about that stuff 
Oh, okay. Barnes officially came out in 2020 as bisexual, non-binary, and genderqueer. They use she, her, he, him, and they, them pronouns. So oh. all of it fits. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel a little better. But okay. again, Kevin, if you want to come on the pod for any reason that is not related to your pronouns, you still have that. <laughs> door open to you right um okay sickening uh, this is such a fun app um we're gonna deliver our final verdict then i just want to just say some thanks so um the way final verdict works is i'm gonna count to three and everyone at the same time is gonna say whether they think it rocks it sucks it's fine or it fucks okay cool all right ready one two three it, it rocks, rocks. Ah, okay yes uh, <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm glad you think that the record fucks, Joey. I also think, you know, I, this is one of those albums that I, I wonder how I would feel if I heard it for the first time now. I don't think I would love it in the same way. I think it's just a really, like, important and special album to me, like, where I heard it in relation to my, like, development as a music person. Totally. I a lot of this record or a lot of this podcast, like the thesis of sure. this podcast, is exploring kind of like what that record meant to you when it hit you. Yeah, that's cool. And um, yeah, and I think I like speaking to what I was saying earlier. Like, I feel like this is a great band for people to like get into at any point in time and go back. And mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're a teen, like that's that's amazing. It's formative. It can be very formative. Yeah. Um, I definitely have moved away from liking music that sounds like this in general mm-hmm. as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. But that's I feel like that's not unheard of. So. Yeah, it's wow. same. Okay. Well, Joey, thank you for overcoming your screen fatigue to join us today <laughs> on this pod. Um, something I forgot to ask earlier was, did the couch get delivered? Table. Oh. Table. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think they were just going to like leave it in the driveway. So I'll, I'll <laughs> find out. I don't know. It'll be a fun, fun surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Joey, where can listeners find you online? Um, the best p- place is probably um, uh, Joey Joseph, uh, my band camp. It's uh, Joey hyphen. Is that what it is? Dash? Not underscore. Dash? The dash, yeah. The one that's above that. Yes, yeah, thank you. Um, if you don't shift it. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, and that's J O E S P H dot bandcamp dot com. And um, all of my uh, music so far is on there. And um, also have a website kind of for the studio and the freelance stuff um uh, that's just the eyebrow palace.com but uh awesome. yeah and i just am very grateful uh for you all letting me come on this is i love this podcast and yeah this was a great uh thank you so much it was a really great time thank literally you. of course thank you yeah i'm I am just so happy this worked out. I'm I this we can edit this part out, but I'm sorry that like last week I was like essentially bombarding people with like a potential scheduling, but I was just oh, no. like doing too much at once. So I'm glad this worked out so perfectly today. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. Um thanks for listening to it, Rockstar and Sucks. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.